0: Welcome to this episode of Industries in Transition, a holistic look at the challenges, triumphs and lessons learned as businesses drive change to build a sustainable future. Well, hello and welcome to this special series of podcasts. I'm Anisha Tank and in this episode, we explore the role of the private sector in solving the world's biggest crises – The outbreak of COVID-19 is bringing a true crisis right to the door. And in a moment, we'll hear how Standard Chartered Bank has answered the call to action so far as the global outbreak is concerned. But first, let me introduce our guest. Joining me, Standard Chartered's Simon Cooper, CEO of Corporate Commercial and Institutional Banking. Simon, how are you doing? I'm not
1: too bad, thanks, Manish. It's very good to be actually seeing people face to face again. It seems like it's been a long time.
0: I'm glad to see that you're well. It's a new normal isn't it? When we are signing off with people, we're greeting people and we focus on their health these days, isn't it?
1: Focus on their health. And as we were saying earlier, you focus on the the shape of their head after they've been wearing headphones all day.
0: (laughs) Well, there you go. That's what comes along with a podcast. It's really good to see you, like I said. Even though it's been a really tough year, something we can't deny, there's certainly a role for all of us to be involved. And that's something we're going to talk about just up ahead. But first, I want to bring us up to date on where we stand. (music) January 30th, 2020, the World Health Organization declares the outbreak of a new type of coronavirus, a public health emergency of international concern. That's the WHO's highest level of alarm. By this point, however, the virus, which was first detected in Wuhan, China, had already surfaced across Asia, the United States, and Europe. As government health systems rushed to deal with spiraling case numbers, frontline workers faced essential protective equipment shortages. Companies that could try to ramp up production or pivot their factory floors from making cars to ventilators or from perfume to hand sanitizer, but demand far outpaced supply, a deadly deficit. It was in late March 2020 that Standard Chartered Bank took the unprecedented step of committing 1 billion U.S. dollars of not-for-profit financing for companies that in some way were fighting COVID-19. Within weeks, the first loans were being dispersed to clients. It was a move welcomed by customers, including Hong Kong-based hygiene product maker Vinda, which was battling not only to keep their factories open in the midst of a spreading disease, but also to keep their workers safe in the face of dwindling supplies of disinfectants, masks, and protective equipment. Here's CEO Christoph Mikalski.
2: It was impossible to source masks in China at that time. We looked at one of our feminine hygiene machines and converted it into a machine which could produce masks. These masks were then distributed across our facilities in China and also given to local communities because the shortage of masks was clearly something which affected everyone. What I appreciated the most was that both our team in Vinda and the team from Standard Chartered was very rapidly, we had simple processes, we worked very, very fast because we all realized this was not about a normal type of business. Business decisions. This was about creating a response towards an imminent crisis which did not affect just our business but also all the local communities around us.
0: Elsewhere, in Africa, COVID-19 took hold somewhat later than in Asia and Europe. On the back foot, non-profit joint medical store was struggling to finance the purchase of personal protective equipment to support hospitals as global supply chains were upended and suppliers demanded prepayment. The situation was challenging, but then Standard Chartered stepped in.
3: These funds went a long way in ensuring that we have availability of these products in the hospital. When we approached the Standard Chartered Bank, we were able to get this facility to prepay and book the required items, which were mainly personal protective equipment, as well as critical care equipment that were needed in our hospitals. This certainly helped us since these initial long-term agreements could no longer be sustained in view of the COVID-19.
0: Executive Director, Dr. Bildad Baguma, joint medical store, describing the role that Standard Chartered played.
3: I'm glad that this particular facility also provided us with flexible terms so that the access to the facility was made much easier.
0: So some of the stories we were hearing there give us a sense of how difficult it's been for institutions, how difficult it's been for some of your clients, right? COVID-19, it's showing no signs of abating. These global cases, they continue to rise. We've got to address this idea of private companies and their role in fighting a global pandemic can they really make a tangible and lasting difference? That's something I've certainly been thinking about a lot. Simon, from your point of view, as a leader in a large organization, how do you feel about this call to action?
1: The crisis that we find ourselves in is like no other, certainly no other, that I've ever experienced. I started work just after the stock market crash in the UK. I've gone through the Asian financial crisis, the Dubai debt crisis, but this is totally new. From a leadership perspective, The first priority has been safety of colleagues and delivering the bank to our clients. We've got about 85,000 staff around the world. About three quarters of those, we had to enable to work from home in a matter of a couple of weeks. So that means providing technology, sorting out VPN lines, changing bandwidth, getting physical equipment to people who were locked up at home. So we have people in India, for instance, going around on scooters, delivering laptops to enable people to work from home. And we've certainly seen a massive shift towards digital engagement with clients. We've now got about 75% of our clients engaging digitally. And conversely, I think we've reduced our volume of branch traffic by about 40%. Even that is not just about having the technology It's about dealing with clients who didn't have their token to access their digital connectivity, they were stuck at home, their token was in the office. We had to work with clients to enable them to activate soft tokens, to let them carry on their business and interact with clients. Very different.
0: Back in March, Standard Chartered announced this program to make $1 billion in not-for-profit financing available to help tackle COVID-19. And it seemed certainly in the international media, like a really bold move. As I understand it, this was an idea from a member of the team that was turned around very quickly. Can you just walk us around how it worked?
1: Yeah, I wish I could say it was my idea, but if you say it <laughs> wasn't, it was a member of the team and actually not my direct team, a member of our treasury markets team who one Friday morning came and said, you know what, this is really hitting a lot of people in the markets in which we operate in. Isn't there something we can do? Can we use our skill sets? Can we use our balance sheet to really help those people that are looking at either starting to make PPE or transition their existing production facilities to that. What can we do as Standard Chartered to help? And a small group of us got together. We agreed that a billion dollars is what we would make available at cost, that we would put together a, a very simple conceptual framework as to what qualified for that. And then we announced it on Monday morning. So in three days, we got to that publication of an intent to make a billion dollars available to clients around the world. About half of that has been allocated. Some really great stories, Manisha, in terms of what this has done. One of my favorites, apart from the ones that, that you've listened to, is a beverage company called Kaspreko in Ghana, a country where hand sanitizer was in massive shortage unaffordable for most Ghanaians. We know that sanitation and cleansing has been one of the key tools to prevent the spread of COVID. So this company decided that they would convert one of their production lines solely to produce hand sanitizer. We were able to help in terms of fund their import of ethanol and some of the other constituents of that. So they're now making 60,000 bottles of hand sanitizers a day. So ordinary Ghanaians are now able to do what we've all been doing, sanitise their hands. And even big corporations are now able to buy bulk quantities of sanitizer to donate.
0: Did it help in this initiative that Standard Chartered has this overall momentum towards this here for good idea?
1: The fact that we are in the markets that we operate in and that our people, many of them have joined Standard Chartered because of that idea of here for good and what we can do. It's all very well to say we've got a billion dollars available, but you need people on the ground to buy into that, to torch their clients, to find opportunities. And yes, that really has been a great catalyst in terms of achieving what we've achieved.
0: Now, speaking of uplifting stories, I want us to just pause here for a moment because... I want to bring you a true sense of what some of your clients were faced with. And in particular, Christoph Mikalski, who's the CEO of the paper products maker Vinda. he described to me what was happening when they first heard about the outbreak. Listen to this.
2: We first heard from COVID-19 the week prior to Chinese New Year, where a lot of Chinese people that are travelling in China to see family. Our board members who had already lived SARS and in 2003, we were very concerned, so we created a crisis team across our 10 facilities in China. We tried to prepare our sites for reopening, and the biggest challenge we had was actually to get a number of our employees back. Many people got stranded in the process when China started to lock down, to stop flights, to stop trains, and limiting transport in general.
0: So quite a situation there being described by the CEO of Vinda, Christoph Michalski. And it gives us a real sense of what was going on in what was then the epicentre of this outbreak. They have 10 brands under their belts and these widespread operations. They decided to take up the initiative that Standard Chartered was offering. How significant was it that they were the first Asian client to do so?
1: The fact that Asia, as you say, was the epicentre. I think it was a really good catalyst for others to hear about what was possible. You heard from Christoph, but the fact that they can now make up to 7 million masks a month as a result of that shifting of production capacity that we helped with, word spread from doing that. It spread internally and it spread externally amongst our clients. That catalyst was really important.
0: How would you describe your role, though? Was it just, it, was, it wasn't it was just money, it wasn't just financing, it wasn't just getting things moving, it was more than that, wasn't it?
1: By the way, not my role, the role of my colleagues sitting in China talking to the client. It was really talking and, and facilitating both access to finance but also the whole supply chain up and down. And really, you heard mention the fact that it was difficult to even get hold of employees. My colleagues had to go above and beyond the call of duty to reach out to the client, again, by video link, to really help to accelerate that shift in production.
0: And what your team did there, as I understand it, there was a $23 million loan facility there to help Vinda. And this is a company that has 14 sites worldwide. So it wasn't just that they were being hit in China. There were other places where they were suffering this. Can you just describe a little bit more about how it works? And and what I'm trying to get to here is as a private entity, as a private company, there can be efficiency in making things move quickly, can't there?
1: We have a sustainability team that we've established as a business imperative prior to COVID. We were able to leverage their skill in terms of identifying what truly does qualify in this scenario, making sure that the regulatory approvals that were necessary were in place, making sure that credit approvals were in place. We are, at the end of the day, lending money. Having that framework in place and the the ability to make decisions quickly has enabled clients to react quickly at that point in time to get that volume of masks, which was clearly needed to prevent the spread of the virus, was possible because of the speed. Had we taken longer or had the client taken longer, then clearly the impact would have been lessened
0: there the story was one of making masks. Let's move on to a story where it was about acquiring them and other sorts of equipment. So China, of course, the world's biggest producer of surgical face masks, but the problem was that a lot of that equipment wasn't getting out of the country and we had these supply chain issues. Then companies wanted guarantees if they were receiving orders for things like masks or protective equipment. So with that in mind, let's turn our attention to another client joint medical store from Uganda. JMS, as I'll refer to them, they were able to draw down on a $2.2 million loan facility. And what that did was it helped them provide healthcare facilities, supply masks, sanitizers and medicines in Uganda. Again, another very quick turnaround, but helping an entire country support its healthcare workers. Let's hear now from Executive Director, Dr. Bildad Baguma, describing the role that Standard Chartered played.
3: We use this facility mainly to do prepayments for especially personal protective equipment as well as critical care equipment that were needed in the country, in our hospitals, so that we could pay for and get these items into the country as quickly as possible.
0: What really struck me there was there was a sense of paralysis because they couldn't guarantee the delivery of these essential items because they were required to prepay. Again, another example of how moving quickly really helped, right?
1: They needed to get PPE to the front line. They knew where to get their supplies from. They knew their suppliers, but they as an NGO had historically relied on extended payment terms to fund their import of goods. And their supply chains were, were disrupted. People were shortening those payment terms and indeed asking for prepayment. What we were able to do was facilitate that prepayment and really mobilise the supply chain again. We knew the suppliers. We understood the supply chain. It's something that we, again, in the private sector, were able to to mobilise quickly and impact the entire country.
0: What about due diligence? Because here you are, you're saying we've got $1 billion available and we've got that sort of not-for-profit rates, right? There are those who can step up wanting to take advantage of a situation like that. How do you deal with it?
1: It's a really good question. We looked at the existing review framework that we have around all of our sustainable finance transactions and actually used the same team and that really applied that methodology. They were the first line review for regulatory approvals, for ensuring that the, the products or the services were able to be verified against what they were claimed to be going to be used for. Then we move quickly into credit. The credit team will pick it up and look at, again, a a usual risk process to say, does this make sense for an allocation of money? That diligence and that verification, hugely important. We've got some examples that you've heard of, of where people were really legitimate, really doing good. Clearly, not everybody in the world is like that. So having that governance and that due diligence, massively important.
0: Let's talk about this $50 million fund, which is straight up no strings to support organisations in the fight against COVID-19 worldwide. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Sure. So we launched that fund in April and it really is a charitable fund. Staff have made donations either via fundraising or by donating an hour, a day or more of their salary. And then, then we as a bank have matched those donations. We're taking $25 million of that 50 for immediate relief efforts, and then the balance for for more longer-term economic recovery, looking at at how we can support, in particular, the young people, rebuild their livelihoods, focusing on particularly young girls and visually impaired, which are areas that we've focused on in the past, uh, to gain new skills and expertise, to, to really improve their chances of coming through this, getting a job and or starting their own business
0: there's always an economist out there who wants to argue about the role of private companies versus government entities when it comes to fighting a pandemic like this. At the end of the day, isn't it collaboration that works? Private companies can't take it all on, surely?
1: You're absolutely right. This is about collaboration. It's not them. It's not us. It's about everybody coming together. The annual cost of uh, meeting the Sustainable Development Goals is estimated about two and a half trillion dollars. If you look at the lower or the middle-income countries, only about 60% of that is being met today. From the private sector, I think our role is to to try and mobilise financing, using things like blended finance, where you take development finance or philanthropic funds to mobilise private capital. From the government, working with governments, providing project financing for big infrastructure investments, it requires absolutely both sides.
0: Now, finally there seems to be this realisation that you can turn things around more quickly. Do you feel that actually the movement for sustainability will have benefited from what we've learnt during the pandemic?
1: Arguably because of Covid, the focus on sustainability has increased massively. One of the big investors, BlackRock, wrote to its largest investee companies, talking about how important the investee's focus on sustainability was to BlackRock and their continued investment. Investors are looking at the way we behave in determining their investment decisions.
0: Now, the calls to build back better, I hear this a lot these days, and they're certainly getting much stronger. As countries begin to come out of a post-COVID-19 world, I mean, we don't know when that will be. There is this sense that there needs to be some sort of balanced framework in terms of getting the job done, in terms of getting various societies, economies, companies back on their feet. What sort of balanced framework would you like to see in place?
1: What we've learned from COVID is the need to have Firstly, discipline about what it is that we're trying to achieve. So making sure that the stated purpose is what is being targeted and and that is the outcome. There is a lot of potential for greenwashing or brownwashing or bluewashing that we really have to avoid. Having that transparency is critical. There's a lot of work going on around data and making sure that data is available so that people can make informed investment and business decisions getting access to data will, I think, enable people to really see input and output of the decisions they're making. And that will build momentum. So I think the work that the Black Rocks, the Affinitives of this world they're doing is really first class.
0: Well, certainly there have been some wonderful stories and thank you for sharing them with us. It's very heartening to think that many of these companies have been able to not just help their staff, but also their wider communities and societies. That must be really satisfying, fulfilling for you.
1: It makes me really proud. Actually, it's really great to see the look on the faces of our colleagues as they really make a difference. And then you've just heard from some of the clients what has happened as a result is definitely very, very uplifting in in times that
0: are not not always full of good news. Well, I think we've been convinced that there's definitely a role for private companies when it comes to stepping up in a crisis. Standard Chartered Simon Cooper, CEO of Corporate Commercial and Institutional Banking. Thanks so much.
1: Thanks, Manisha. Thanks for having me.
0: And as we wrap up, I'd also like to thank Dr. Bildad Baguma of Joint Medical Store in Uganda and the CEO of Vinda, Christoph (laughs) Makalski. Thank you for tuning in to Industries in Transition, brought to you by Standard Chartered. Supporting clients for over 150 years, Standard Chartered empowers businesses and inspires change through ambitious social and environmental initiatives. Standard Chartered, driving commerce and prosperity whilst contributing to sustainable growth across the world's most dynamic markets.